Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today we finally have some Summer League action going on. And for the past week on the pod, I've been discussing pretty much everything Summer League. I've kind of dazzled in some free agency tidbits, but it's been all about what we're going to finally see on the floor for the next week or so. And I've got you guys down on kind of the outlook of the Summer League, maybe some teams to watch, got you guys some content on all 13 of the Thunder's Summer League players, but I have not gotten you guys any game previews or recaps, but the fun is going to start now because the Thunder are slated to play the Detroit Pistons tonight on ESPN2. This is going to be the fireworks show They purposely placed this. This is like prime time. It's 7.30 Central Standard Time. They want to make sure everybody can see this game. I don't know if it's because of the Thunder side of things, but Cade Cunningham is going to be making his debut. So it should be really special to see this game, and it's going to be able to give us a lot of insights on the team. So as I said, 7.30 tip-off. That is Central Standard Time, so you guys can adjust for time zones if you're on Pacific, 5.30, Eastern Time, 8.30. So it really works for everybody. You know, they purposely put it here. You have a lot of games prior to this. I know the Rockets and the Cavs are leading up to this one. I think the Knicks and the Raptors are one of the first games that will be on ESPN2, but there's going to be a lot of games. Some of them are going to be played on NBA TV. You might need certain packages to watch those, but luckily for the Thunder, they have a lot of young players, and because of it, three out of their four games will be played on ESPN Networks. So that is a big sigh of relief, and it starts out against Detroit. So we kind of know the business here. The Detroit Pistons, they had the first pick. They have a ton of really good young talent playing in their first summer league this season, and they're the clear-cut frontrunners for taking home the championship. For the Thunder, they have the 8th best odds via DraftKings Sportsbook. The Pistons, they have the 1st best odds, as I mentioned, but they're still you know in the top 3rd because all 30 teams will be participating in the Las Vegas Summer League. And I told you guys about the depth chart in... I guess it was yesterday's pod, it might have been two days ago, but just going to give you guys a quick refresher on what I believe the depth chart will look like. I think the starters will consist of Teo Maladone, Josh Giddy, Josh Hall, Jalen Horde, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and that second unit for today would be Trey Mann, Rob Edwards, Aaron Wiggins, Emmett Williams, and Oscar Da Silva, third unit, Jalen LeCue, Ryan Woolridge, and Charlie Brown Jr. And this is nothing more than me just giving my personal preference. You know, when you want to dig into the details, Charlie Brown Jr. is technically signed right now. I mean, he's not guaranteed any money, but the Thunder have him on a roster spot, and they have to make a decision on him in the next couple of weeks. So I don't think he's going to be playing third string minutes. If that's the case, why would you have even signed him a couple months ago? So I think he will be playing serious minutes. And then obviously you have Trey Mann who you pick him 18th. Like, I don't know why you'd play him off the bench, but I do think you probably 
want to start out with a bang guys like Teo Maladon and really that's the only guy that gets labeled in this category just returning promising faces in this case a sophomore I think they get a lot of their minutes front loaded in this summer league they'll maybe get one or two games of really good run and then that's when you go down the pecking order and guys like Trey Mann and Rob Edwards even LeCue and Ryan Woolridge get their time to shine because this is a platform where everybody should be getting a lot of minutes. You're trying to dice it, and a decent portion of these players are already signed overseas, like Ryan Woolridge and Oscar De Silva. They are already inked somewhere else, so maybe they would try to cast them away because they know the future with them is um, maybe not as clear or not as available to them as the other guys on the roster but you still got to give everybody looks and with coach grant gibbs i think everybody will get time i'd say for the most part he did a really solid job spreading out minutes with the okc blue last year i do think there were some issues particularly with melvin frazier jr he didn't get as many minutes as i expected him to but you know, he kind of fell out. You know, he didn't have crazy performances like he did in years prior with Lakeland. So maybe it makes sense. Anyways, that was just kind of my mock-up on what I think the starting unit for the Thunder will look like. But when you look at the Detroit Pistons, their roster is stacked with talent. And it's lottery talent. It's mid-round talent. Just a lot of hits from Troy Weaver are going to be on this roster. When you check them out, the only main guy that is not going to be playing here is Jeremy Grant. Outside of that, they pretty much have their whole team running out here to play against the Thunder. And it starts with Killian Hayes at the point guard spot, picked in the top 10 from last year, I believe. So they were, you know, they had a lot of high expectations for him. Personally, I had him really high on my mock draft or and my big board from the 2020 season. He didn't really have that many crazy moments i know when he played the thunder and one of those crucial like tank games he diced up like a full court bounce pass where there was somehow a curve in the middle of it so he's a ridiculous passer in terms of scoring he's good at penetrating but the shot is a little bit questionable still but you're able to kind of get that out of the way and minimize that weakness because Cade Cunningham should be playing at the two guard and he's positionless he's just like Josh Giddy. like Cade is six foot eight 220 or 230 I don't know what the weight is but he's pretty damn big he could play small forward and I don't think anybody would be questioning it we know like I made a full hour-long draft profile on him you guys can check that out from like a month ago but there's really no weaknesses in his game and his floor is just so monumental like it is very high in comparison to other players in this draft class and the ceiling with him is a perennial all-star so he can be very talented in this league he was shooting above 40 percent with the cowboys last season when that wasn't really anticipated you know he was seen as a really crafty point forward type great at defense could finish but the three-point shot was kind of a breath of fresh air so he got that down in terms of what you could see from him I'd say a lot of picks uh, especially high ball screens where you know if someone goes under a screen he's gonna shoot from the top of the key and that's where he excelled but also if he's taking it one-on-one -on -one, he can pull off some step backs and the step back is not 
elite by my standards. I think an elite step back gets you a ton of space, but whatever works. As long as the shooter feels comfortable after their step back, I'd say it's a great step back. And clearly, that was the case for Cade Cunningham because he was darting off step back three after step back three, particularly late in the Cowboys season last year. So, He's a just multiverse threat. He can do it everywhere. If you're looking at someone to drop a triple-double, Cade Cunningham is your guy. Now, if we were to, you know, if we put him on the Thunder Summer League or another Summer League, I'd say it'd be a given he'd be dropping triple-doubles all over the place. And he's going to be the focal point of the Pistons Summer League team. Like, that's not a question. But they are stacked with so much talent. I don't know how much time he's going to get, but he'll clearly be running the offense. That is uh, something that you can be assured of. Now, at the small forward, they have another stud in Sadiq Bay, and I personally wouldn't, you know, not put him in here because he was killing it in the NBA last season. Like, his rookie year was straight up golden, but I guess they want to put him in, and this is where I draw the comparison to Teo. I mentioned these like budding sophomores who had a really solid rookie year, um, but you know they get an invite to the summer league to maybe elevate a bit, and I don't think that's necessarily needed with him. Like he, he's gonna develop just fine. But you know they want to put him put him out there, let him drop twenty five. Be my guess, like. He's extremely talented all around for the Pistons. I'd say that this will be a game where he should get a lot of playing time. But as you start to kind of go down game two, game three, game four, that will probably deplete. That doesn't matter, though. I think he's going to play pretty good minutes against the Thunder tonight. And at the four spot, you know, I kind of just make up these depth charts. Like, I don't have a starting lineup right in front of my face. But I got Sekou Dumbayao. At the four, and this is a guy who was drafted, I think, 15th a couple seasons ago. A lot of people thought he was the steal of his draft class, and he really hasn't reached any high expectations to this point. He's a bouncy power forward who, you know, he has long, gangly arms, decent frame, supposed to be able to guard a lot of different positions, and I think a summer league is going to be very beneficial to him. Maybe like a Poku, uh, that could be beneficial. I also think there's downsides, like if he's out here shooting 1 of 10, confidence is just in the gutter. So, uh, Seku's not like that, though. He's not out here shooting threes. This is a straight-up interior player. He doesn't shoot it much, and he's there for defense and finishing purposes. So, that's who I have at the 4. And at the 5, you have Isaiah Stewart, who... Looked like an all-star every time he suited up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so did Sadiq Bey. Killian Hayes added, has his moments. So, you know, those three together stood a pretty good chance against last year's summer. Not summer. Their actual Thunder roster. And so, they have a lot of players. And then you top it off with Cade Cunningham. They're in great shape. They There is a reason why they're the front runners, and it's because they are going to be starting these guys <laughs> come the 72 or 82 game season. However they want to cut it, these guys are going to all be playing significant minutes. Maybe not Seku, but he'll be part of the rotation for sure. And one of the craziest parts about the Pistons group is even their second string guys would be deserving of being in the starting rotation and they will eventually and I think some of them might just flat out start tonight like one in particular uh, but you know there still is 
a, a lot of talent, and it, it's going to be hard to judge maybe who gets the starting nod. Saban Lee kicks it off at the point guard, and he was a second-round selection a year ago, got on a two-way contract, and he impressed them enough to where he earned himself a three-year deal, kind of just that like rookie standard contract. We saw it with Moses Brown, Lou Dort. I think he might have been a four-year, but you know, just one of those deals, and they see him as a sturdy backup for the future. He's kind of just one of those guys where pretty fast as a penetrator, and obviously the passing has to be pretty solid. I'm not like a Saban Lee enthusiast, but I definitely uh, remember, you know, pulling up the ESPN fantasy sheets, and he was out there dropping pretty significant numbers, both in points and assists, so he's a starting caliber guy, for the Las Vegas Summer League, he's going to be playing pretty much at the six-man spot, and at the backup shooting guard or small forward, they have a lot of different guys, but I really want to highlight the main people to look out for, and I think you look at Dervidis Servitis in this situation, and if you guys are not very familiar with his name, I don't blame you. He actually was on the Pistons roster last season. He got signed from overseas uh, by Troy Weaver, and he missed training camp not a lot of stuff went on with him. He kind of was just lodged in the back end of the bench for the Pistons, but he did have, you know, a couple decent games, and he is a straight-up sharpshooter. That is his job. Left-hander, so that gives him a lot of brownie points from me. It's kind of weird that he's here, though. Like, he's a very talented prospect. He's a good shooter. Offensively, that's his strong suit, but he got waived by the Pistons like a week and a half ago, so... I don't know, maybe if they're trying to tack him back on a deal after something, or they just want to give him a shot elsewhere, like put him on a pedestal or something like that, a sending off gift of sorts, but they didn't, you know, keep him, and he has talent, he just didn't get the time with it. I could see him being like a sneaky double-digit scorer in one of these games. I don't know about against the Thunder, because there are so many people that will be playing in tonight's game from the Pistons side, but I think he's a quality backup wing that they're going to have, and at the small forward, that's kind of Servetus's ground too. I don't really see any standout backup shooting guards, so that might be their weak point, uh, the way that I check things out, but at the backup power forward, this is the guy who I'd probably actually play over Seku, and it's Tyler Cook. I love Tyler Cook. This was the guy that I, outside of the OKC Blue Realm, of course, because I was just salivating over everybody. Tyler Cook was one of my top players. It was, I guess when you check out that pecking order, Dante Hall was my favorite guy, and then you had Tyler Cook, and they both fit this mold that just works beautifully at the G League level. And it's just being an athletic power forward. This is what Christian Wood made a name uh, for himself you know, with the G League. I know Christian Wood kind of elevated his status, throwing down dunks with the Wisconsin Herd. I'm not going to say Tyler Cook's on that level, of course, but he is a freakishly athletic power forward. And he played for the Iowa Wolves last year. And whenever they matched up against the OKC Blue, offensively, Tyler Cook was just bringing it right to Moses Brown, and he was kind of like O'Shea Brissett, where O'Shea, whenever he was playing with, I think it was the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, he's like a six foot seven guy, and he was still able to hold down Moses Brown because 
he's not tall, but his frame is pretty bulky, and that's what Tyler Cook is like. He's pretty toned up, and he plays a lot bigger than you know his six foot eight, six foot nine label would really tell you. And then also, like I said, the athleticism he brings. He's really ferocious when it comes to getting rebounds, getting second chance points, and just taking it right to you when he's attacking the basket. So this is not only a player that excels at the G League level, but I think this is a type of player that dominates at a summer league circuit. So I'd probably play him above Seku if it was my choice. I'd make him like a third option damn near. They have him inked to a multi-year contract. I don't know about the guarantees or if there's any strings here, but he's very, very solid. And from the three-point arc, he's not outstanding, but he can step out there. So he is just an offensive juggernaut. And when you check out what the Thunder has, you know, really in the front court, just in general, I don't know if there's a perfect matchup to play against Tyler Cook, especially when you have Isaiah Stewart as your clear number one in the front court. So you look at their second best option, I guess Jalen Horde would be that guy. It's not a terrible matchup, but Tyler Cook, you guys are going to see it. If he's playing 25 minutes, I'd say he's destined to get a double-double. So I'm really looking towards him as the surprise player for the Pistons, not, you know, looking at Cade or Killian Hayes. I like Tyler Cook. And at the five, they got Luke Garza, who was just a monster with the Iowa Hawkeyes. And no one wanted him in the draft because just his play, you know, he's this stretch five, but he's not insanely fast. I guess there's still questions defensively. People don't like the mold with him. And Troy Weaver wanted to take a chance this guy will light it up from downtown if he's wide open. And one of the things is, you know, he was so good at the college level. Does that translate to the summer league? And if that's the case, who's going to be able to put a hand up on him? I'd say he's a lot more uh, serviceable to handle than a Tyler Cook would be because the athleticism is not there with Luke Garza, but he can still stand out there at the top of the key and stretch the floor out for a guy like Cade Cunningham. And in the third string, they have John Petty Jr. I've mentioned him before, but I think the only real threat, and not even a threat, just the only guy I want to mention is Grant Jarrett, who has bounced around, I guess, overseas for a couple years now. I know the Thunder had him for all of like a couple months, maybe. Then we traded him to the Utah Jazz, and then he was just out of the league. And he's going to be coming back with some, you know, intentions. He's got to prove to the Thunder, you know, they missed out on not keeping him. You know, he was with the KD Westbrook version of this team, I believe, but, you know, he never got that chance. If not, I think it was the 17-18 Thunder, or 16-17. Doesn't matter, okay? He was with a pretty promising group, and he just never got a real chance to do so. So, maybe he gets time. I'd probably bet against him getting significant minutes right now, but just know, the Pistons have just a plethora of options, and for the Thunder, they have great players on this team. I don't know if they are as experienced, though. So when you check out who to watch, and I talked about it yesterday, but particularly for this game, who you should be watching. Josh Giddy for the Thunder. That is a no-brainer. Trey Mann for the Thunder. It's a no-brainer. Both of those two 
are first round rookies, you're gonna have a spotlight on them, and Grant Gibbs better be letting them just spread their wings out. And Josh Giddy versus Cade Cunningham will be just the best possible matchup to watch. They are by body type the most comparable in the draft class, and you know, the Thunder were kind of clowned upon whenever they took Josh Giddy at pick number six. So we're going to be able to get a real true test at what NBL play versus NCAA stardom looks like. And I'm not going to say this game is going to set things into stone because obviously right now, Cade Cunningham just has so much more to his game. <laughs> but I do want to see this test and maybe they might match up again after they finish their fourth game. But yeah, those do seeing them guard each other will be spectacular. You got to keep in mind that one of the knocks with Josh Giddy is defense on ball specifically. And when you check out Kate Cunningham, I mean, one of his knocks and one of the only knocks I have on him is he's not insanely fast with his first step and he has trouble turning the corner. So will Kane be able to ISO Giddy and turn the corner and get some good penetration looks? I don't know, but that's something I'm going to have kind of in the back of my head when I watch this game tonight. And when you look past that, Trey Mann, of course, you have Killian Hayes there, you have Saban Lee. I don't know if Mann will be a starter. If he is, he's starting at the two and Giddy will play at the three, most likely, but he's going to get six man minutes if he's off the bench and he'll pretty much be utilized as a starter on the team so he's someone that's going to go off he'll be shooting 10 times and he won't have a concern in the world he's confident in his shot and those are the kind of players that really blossom when you check out summer league games so that's who I like those are my top two uh I guess for the Pistons I'd say Sadiq Bey is in that kind of that category with Cade I mentioned how he was a beast in his rookie year he still will be and so will Isaiah Stewart. So I might actually put Isaiah Stewart above Bay in terms of what the scorecard may look like because Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a decent rebounder. I think that would be the matchup at the five, but Isaiah Stewart is just so big. There's a reason he's called Beef Stew. He's like 260, 270 pounds. So he'll be working in the post. He could even pop a little bit from downtown. So yeah, I want to see the cohesion between this Pistons group, and I want to see how they're able to handle Isaiah Stewart, because Grant Gibbs has never had, you know, a matchup issue in the front court. He's always had the major advantage as a head uh, head coach, uh, but when you look past kind of those stars, the people we know about, there's clear sleepers, and Oscar Da Silva is one of those for me, I think, off the bench, He's a guy who could produce you high outputs, both in points and rebounds. Now you have Tyler Cook and you have Luke Garza. I think individually, Tyler Cook would have better stats than an Oscar Da Silva would, but I still think he will get his. I like him as a backup, and I think he will get a pretty decent cut of the time because he was kind of one of the upper echelon gets in the undrafted pool this past uh, season. So when you look past De Silva, 
Rob Edwards is my second guy, and he will be mentioned every time I do a game preview because I know what he is capable of. He's capable of drumming out 20 points in 15 minutes, and it all is based on how Grant Gibbs wants to play him and who's going to get touches. If Rob Edwards is ordered to make outlet passes every time he gets a rebound or every time the ball goes his way before crossing the timeline, I don't think he's going to be dropping 15. I don't think 20 is in the equation. He needs to be taking it up himself and pulling up from downtown because when you give him space, that's when he's at his best. And even off the catch, he's still productive, but I don't think the same numbers would really be yielded. So he has to be out there getting it for himself. He is a shot creator. He doesn't need others to set things up for him, but if it's set up properly with a kick out, he'll still convert for you. So he will be a guy by the end of this where some cut of Thunder fans will be like, why is he not on the team? And, you know, I don't know what to tell you because he is very good. Um, there is a lot of competition in the backcourt though. So I don't know if we'll get a lot of time in this game, but once Teo's phased out maybe a little bit, I think that's when he'll come out. But when you check out what the Pistons' weakness is, the only one I can address is the two and the three on their roster, and it's in a bench situation. If Cade's out there for 40 minutes, I think he could probably do a pretty good job against Rob Edwards. But I don't know about Savitas. He's not really known for his defensive ability. And then even past him, I don't like a really a backup uh, wing for them outside of him. So I'd say that's the weak point, and this would be the guy to crack the code and abuse that. Now, if he got hot, I think that's when you plug back in your starters and you might need to reevaluate, but if he gets his chance, he will take full advantage of that. Over the Pistons, I said Saban Lee because he did have spurts during last season where he dropped like double-doubles and points and assists. And also Tyler Cook, who I raved about for five minutes because he is a monster on the glass. He's so damn ferocious inside. It's a matchup nightmare for really anybody on this Thunder roster. And he will be an issue for a lot of people, I think, in this summer league if he does get proper minutes. So I'm stoked to see it. I think Luke Garza could get some points on the board, but I don't think he will have the same role as like a Tyler Cook or Saban Lee would have but he still get you know he could get some points up on the board relatively fast and one of the things that I love about Summer League is you can look at things on paper and try to game plan what's going to happen you never really can predict what happens here because these guys have not been training with each other for more than like a week you know we first saw guys like Jalen LeCue and Woolridge fly into OKC like five, six days ago, and now they're in Las Vegas getting ready to suit up against the number one pick and a team in the Pistons where like half of the guys have played upwards of 10, 20 regular season games with each other. So they have a lot more connections than I guess a Thunder would. Uh, I don't know if that would play into the scorecard as much because really it just comes down to... <laughs> almost some street ball like there's gonna be plays there's gonna be some stuff going on but you're just gonna be playing off of instincts and this is really where you get to see uh who's at the top of their class so I would give the Pistons the upper hand but I still think the Thunder I mean they have so many guys here where 
their potential is untapped. I mean, Josh Hall, Jalen Horde, they were productive last season. You have Teo, who will be productive, whether it's a 20-point outing, we don't know, but he's going to be solid in whatever time he plays. And then Josh Giddy has just a ball of potential where he could drop like 15, 10, and 10, and no one bats an eye. That's just the nature of how he plays. And Trey Mann is going to be a person who could drop 30 points any given game over these next two weeks. And that's not even talking about Rob Edwards. So they have so many different pieces. The Pistons do as well. I'd say these are, you know, the top teams in the summer league for the most part. I think they're both top five. Now the Thunder, they're ranked eighth by sports betting sites, as I talked about, but I'd probably bump them in the top five. So this is an almost like championship game type of uh, matchup here. And the Thunder are super small. I think if they lose this game, that's the real category you hone in on. Now, Cade could go off. He could be shooting threes. I think the Thunder, though, they could handle the perimeter. Once you go into working in the post and such, that's where they would probably falter. And I think that could be a common theme past this game. But if they can lock down the paint and reduce kind of the blowback there, this is where you call it a coin flip game where the Thunder, if they get hot because they do have a lot of perimeter threats on this roster, they could actually take this game and ride off into the next one as one of the biggest threats in Las Vegas right now. So there are some high stakes in this game. The implications will be high. The storylines will be high. And you already know the ESPN production crew has a short clip for Cade Cunningham and his debut game. So a lot of people are going to be watching the Thunder for tonight. This is probably the first time they'll have a nationally televised game in like 400 days. You know, whenever the last playoff game against Houston was, that was their last time. No nationally televised games at all last season. Kind of ridiculous, but they'll get their chance here. They'll get multiple more as we progress through the summer league, but they got to tackle the business at hand. So I'll get you guys up to date with the game, give you a recap, give you my thoughts and what to take on going into the next game. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. So I thank you all for listening and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.